Before we officially start this podcast, I want to remind everyone the IB Sports podcast feed is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. Please be sure to subscribe to be notified of all new podcasts from the IB Sports Network. This includes the Backdoor Cover, IB Sports Weekly Gambling Podcast, uh, the RC Report, as well as the new Fantasy Football Podcast with yours truly and Joe Matz. Um, we would appreciate it if while you're there, you would rate and review the network. And finally, you can follow us on, and that's IB Sports, on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we do have a premium membership that allows you to post without being approved by an admin. You can be commissioner for a day, receive free gambling picks, and a whole lot more. And with that, this is another edition of the Team Turnbuckle podcast with the best trio of wrestling fans in the business. I am your host, Keith Fleming. With me, as always, Ron L. Tinsley and Sam Howe. What's going on, guys? What's going on, gentlemen? How are you doing this evening? Uh, I am. I, I think that we were all planning on how we're going to spend our fall instead of watching football. Uh, <laughs> I am considering taking up bird watching. I'll be playing golf. Okay, I, th- I thought you were. I didn't know if you were talking about autumn or the fall of civilization. No, we, we, he, he promised me we weren't going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons, but apparently he had to, you know, right off the bat, you know, yeah. I, I listen, man. I, I know it's bad for the Eagles stones. Too. I know. My team, all of our teams are not. So I am. I'm going to take a bird watching instead of depressing myself every Sunday. The end of the fantasy podcast, literally me and Joe Matz, because he's a Giants fan, spent eight <laughs> minutes just wallowing in our misery. I did it at the end. I go, now that we've got through that, I said, you know, I feel like I bonded with you on Sunday. You lost <laughs> your franchise running back, you, you know, he tore his ACL, and my team, again, blew a huge lead. The fourth time they have blown a 17-point lead in the second half in the Dan Quinn era. Fire the man. Anyway. Uh, this is not a football podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. <laughs> uh, this week, we are going to do things just a little bit different. I know normally we do uh, off the top where we just do a few wrestling news stories, and then we do basically the superlatives for wrestling for the week where we do match of the week, promo of the week, etc. But because we want to spend some serious time previewing Clash of Champions, we are going to go over all four shows where just each of us have one thing from the show that stood out and we want to talk about. And we're going to start off with SmackDown from last week. And I'll go and get things going that I just, the Bailey Sasha angle continues to get better. And I wish there was a crowd there because I, I just think it would be so white hot right now and people would be really invested. Bailey's promo two weeks ago was just, I mean, she's just been such a force this year. I honestly think she is the wrestler of the year in 2020, uh, both because she's had a lot of great matches and just her character and might work has been just off the charts. But to have Sasha, you know, finally return, she's giving her promo, she's injured, and, you know, she's so upset because her and Bailey were best friends. They did everything together. And then, of course, Bailey attacks her. I mean, it's just... It's just great. I mean, it's a dastardly heel. Uh, they're building up a lovable baby face. There's such a backstory. I know, I know Sam's talk about, you know, when you reward the fans by, you know, putting in these little pieces, these little crumbs, and, and then winding a story together. 
it just makes it so much more meaningful. And they've done that with this. And both women deserve a lot of credit. Creative deserves a lot of credit. And I just, I cannot wait to see the series of matches and where this goes in the next few weeks. I totally agree with you. I was not expecting the attack to come uh, during that segment, which is what made it oh so sweet. Um, she went to try to put her head back into the chair. Um, I loved Sasha talking about um, you needed me more than I needed you. That was absolutely fantastic. So just the way they wrap that all together. Um, I, I as much as we had talked about it, I don't know how much more I can be excited about just continually seeing, you know, I just can't wait to see what happens next. Now it's like, I don't want it to get to the end. This is just great stuff. And I'm with you and, and the, the history with them, it, it's WWE for whatever reason can be reticent to acknowledge that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's, there's very frequently very little beyond last week that they use for storytelling. And I, I, they don't even need to go and use the entire five year, you know, six year history of Sasha and Bailey, just their tag run. And they're both such, I mean, I, I, we, we've, we've talked about it and how good the roster is. And, and if they, you know, I think that we've all, if they could just get consistent creative, where it's, you know, I, we're not asking, and, and that's one thing that I, I'm critical of is this idea of internet fans and is that the internet fan of 2020 is not looking for, you know, I don't want, you know, I'm, Dean Belanco should be WWF champion. Like, it's not that. It's like, I just want a storyline where it's characters who are consistent with clear motivations and we're getting that. And, and, the just I can't say enough good things over Sasha about Sasha and Bailey's talents and the stories like Smackdown is just a must-see show right now um the uh you know and the uh mine my pick for the one of the week is speaking of women's storylines, I wanted to go into like the slow burn storyline of uh, Alexa and uh, Nikki Cross and how it sort of cross pollinates with the Fiend storyline, which is the, I'm not going to defend Vince Russo, but one thing that he was good at in the WWF was you had storylines that would intersect and it makes it feel like an actual company is that they aren't so rigidly segregated as you know, in that sense is that where you have, you know, where it's Alexa and Nikki are having their thing, but it's also connected to the women's division also connected to the uh, fiend storyline. And it's not, you know, I, at first I was a little like taking annoyed. a page from Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's, but WWF used to do it too, where it's a story where you have. I at first was sort of annoyed because there was the match at Payback where you had like Alexa's like, oh, are they just not going to address this? And shame on me, I should you know not giving the WWE was, is just doing the storyline a little more credit and, and incorporating Nikki. And I think that it's really interesting 
And it's really interesting to have women in a storyline that is separate from the title scene. It's, and I actually uh, oh, did dig how the, I actually did dig how they uh, tied those two together. Um, you know, especially with Nikki being right there in the title picture, and you know the the uh, subsequent uh, title run, which we don't even know how that can uh, tie in. If say Alexa comes down to uh, offer some support, or somebody says the magic words and sends her off. So I am with you. I, I am really behind this and I do love how they're using it, tying it together with uh, many different things and letting other people uh, get some of the, the blowback from it you know, this week. It's uh, Vince McMahon's uh, favorite project, um, The Southern Bell. I... I... I think I'm going to look at this storyline depending on what happens Sunday one way or the other because I'm really hoping that obviously you have Alexa eventually join the Fiend whether it's you know Sister Abigail or not I just think it would be cool to add a woman to that stable um, we've seen how good Wyatt is you know with stables in the past and then the other thing I really want to see is that, is this storyline in some ways building up Nikki Cross to with the assistance of Sasha Banks beat Bailey uh, for the title on Sunday because I, I just I, I go back and forth on whether or not Sasha and Bailey need the title for that match to be interesting, to be great, to be all the things that we think it's gonna be. And Bailey has had such a historic run, I almost wonder if it would make more sense to when you're gonna take the title off of her you know, have it be somebody like Nikki Cross or another young star that isn't quite as established in the, you know, the women's division and give her, her this title and this big win. And then, you know, Sasha and Bailey, they can come back for it. Even if they win it and then feud for it before their feud ends, to me, it's just a big moment for somebody like Nikki Cross, who I've really thought has, you know, done well in a storyline with two very good performers in Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt. And that's not easy to do. Um, yeah, go just, ahead. Just Two sort of quick spin points. One is a point, one's a question. The only problem I have with Sasha and Bailey not being for the belt is they are very clearly at this point the biggest stars in the division. And having a feud, like if you're going to do a women's match, that's the one that would be higher on the card. And then the title, women's title, if you take it off of, so off of Bailey. Um, I also have, and, and so it's hard for me to say, like, I think they should feud for the title. The other question I have for you guys is Alexa, I'm sorry, is Nikki the, the best slash only like throwback white meat baby face on, no, Biggie, never mind. Sorry. Never mind the question. Okay. I, just, I do want to say real quick though, that, you know, you're asking about, I agree what you're saying, but if, if you're and I don't want RC to get on to me, but if I was booking, <laughs> to me, you give Nikki this moment. Sasha and Bailey still have a bitter feud. One of them then wins the title, and it's WrestleMania where they have the belt for, you know, the fight for the belt. And then that way, it means more. You know what I'm saying? They have this personal feud because it is very personal. You know, give somebody else a little run. One of them can win it around, you know, the Rumble or whatever. And, you know, whether it be Bailey and then, you know, Sasha's got to say win the Rumble to get a shot at Bailey or whatever it may be. I just think that. They need to extend this feud. It deserves to be a WrestleMania match. And if they start fighting for the title in, you know, like a month, I don't know even if that storyline can be extended that long for the belt and still be interesting. No, I, I think what you said there uh, makes plenty of sense. And <clears throat> even though um, I know just a few months ago I was saying that uh, Nikki 
may not be uh, ready. Uh, considering how well she's done in, in her part, why not um, give her a, a short little, you know, one, two month reign and then let, you know, Haley or, or um, oh my God, Sasha. Sasha. Yeah, let Haley or Sasha do it. Um, before we go too far, uh, let me just get mine in for SmackDown. Yeah, uh, mine is uh, inter- uh, Intercontinental title picture. Uh, Sami Zayn and uh, AJ Styles had a really decent match, which wound up getting uh, ended by disqualification this past week. Jeff Hardy comes in and uh, interrupts the party and says, listen, I'm tired of everything going on surrounding this intercontinental title picture. Sammy, I'm tired of you tell- telling the people that you're the man when clearly I'm the one who has it. So let's do it the, the best way that Jeff Hardy knows how. Let's make it a triple threat match and let's throw in a ladder and let's get crazy. This is going to be a fantastic match and it's probably going to be... Um, show wise probably top one or two of the show what do you guys think of this match coming up um i'm super excited um i'm uh, and we get, we'll talk about it more in the preview i'm i was never a huge Sami Zayn fan when he was el generico um the w actually to the wwe's credit i've been a bigger fan of cesaro uh Sami Zayn. uh I'm sure there's other guys that I'm blanking on, but those are the two big ones that like, oh yeah, I was never a huge, Kevin Owens, another one I was never huge, but he was more over. I just wasn't a huge fan of his, uh, who like I found to be a bigger fan of in the WWE. I'm really excited. I think that I'm glad to see Sammy back in the title picture. Um, I just realized that like Jeff Hardy, like 20 years, he, I, he really doesn't get, I think sort of the credit for like how entertaining he's been for that long. How tough he is. That's what we were talking about just last week. Like, he is taking a lot of bumps. <laughs> like, a lot. Um, the, I mean, I'm excited for this match, obviously. I, we were trying to remember, could y'all clarify, has AJ Styles been in a ladder match other than I think he was in the this year's Money in the Bank? And that's the only match I can think of in that's WWE. I can remember. So I can't wait to see that. I didn't watch AJ Lee and, you know, other promotions. So I know what he can do in the ring. I've seen Sami Zayn, obviously, in ladder matches. And, well, I mean, Hardy is arguably the greatest ladder match, you know, wrestler of all time. So... Um, I'm really excited about that, and we'll break that more down at the end when we uh, go over the pay-per-view. Moving on to Raw, Sam, why don't you start off with uh, what was your story or match uh, from Raw that stuck out to you? Uh, Just, like, retribution. Like, I'm – I – if you – like, I tried to be even-handed and positive on here, but, like, everything about it is just like yikes like the anarchist collective that only appears on a brand like i did appreciate to the credit i appreciated the wwe being like explaining that they now have contracts but like why would you sign them to contracts you know like if the only thing i I will say though just real quick because i've heard this is if you think about it like the shield technically remember we're not in wwe at the beginning 
and they were always, you know, attacking. I think they had a match before, like they had officially signed or whatever. And it's like, either way, it doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? If they're this group that keeps coming in, why wouldn't they be arrested? You know what I mean? Like if, if they were really doing what they were, it just, I understand it both ways. And I, I didn't love the thing, but sorry, Sam, not to interrupt. I just, I, I do understand like where people can say both ways, that, you know, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I, but that like the names like Slapjack and like T-Bar, like I, it, it's just like very much like, I, I think that feels like an old man naming. Is Miz the guy in the hockey mask? Uh, I hope not. By the way, I just sorry because I'm a completionist. Uh, AJ Styles has been in a bunch of ladder matches in TNA. Um, I don't think uh, he was like they had a King of the Mountain match, but yes, he's he's wrestled in a few. Um, sorry about that. Just wanted to for completion's sake. Quite all right. Um, but the yeah, like the whole retribution thing is the the like. I, I'll be honest with you, though, the one thing that it kind of did make me excited about was looking at the Hurt business coming down as, like, possibly a Black Four Horseman. Like, that, because I had not put two and two together until I watched on the show that I was like, oh, in a legit fight, like, Shelton and Lashley could probably murk, like, a lot of the Three roster. quarters of those guys. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I, I think they could... You know, I, I need to look at some of the backgrounds, but like for the most part, like, like yeah, those dudes are legit. And so, like, I it it put some shine on the hurt business. Like, it made them look like I like the suits and I like that. But yeah, the whole retribution thing and like the masks and it's just like, it it just feels corny. And it some of that is what happens when you try to have a bunch of like boomers and like do, like. Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon doing this kind of gimmick. Like I like the name Slapjack. I was like, like, I was like, is that Stevie Ray naming somebody or is that Jeff Jarrett? That feels like a Jeff Jarrett name. <laughs> oh man. And to further onto that, it's just the masks and, and I get it. And you know, when you were talking about, and I understand because um, you know, a lot of people when, they first were introduced and there was just the black hoods and such and people, you know, too close to Antifa, et cetera, et cetera. So I can understand why trying to move away to do something better to obscure their faces, but dollar store Bane masks. I mean, Mad Max, it's the gift that keeps on giving to pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could stop at the Road Warriors. Rest in peace, Animal, by the way. Absolutely. Sid's first gimmick was Lord Humongous in, uh, I think, Memphis. Yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing that. So, it was awesome. It was awesome. It, no movie <laughs> has given more to the world of pro wrestling. I am in a wait and see right now with this. I mean, it was not a good, you know, night for Retribution as a group, but I really do always try to give these things at least a few weeks. I'm hopeful that the guy in the hockey mask is the Miz or somebody where it kind of brings some juice to this story. And, you know, let's just see. Cause I mean, I, that's, it's Dominic. We know that we know he's, you know, a talented dude. So hopefully this, uh, you know, doesn't screw him up and I'm just going to give it a few weeks. It was definitely not a great night for him, but I'm hoping 
that, you know, they, they catch their footing and something big comes out of it. My uh, thing that on, on Raw that sort of I was excited or happy about was just last week, I know both of y'all were down on Braun Strowman, you know, going to Raw because you thought he was going to be fed. I was too. I think now it was a good decision to send him over and have him do what he's done, you know, basically in the last two weeks because he's looked very strong coming out of a title loss. You know, he'd actually lost two matches in a row. And I think sometimes this is where WWE makes the biggest mistake is it's like you're either in the championship feud with, you know, some guys or you really don't have anything to do. And just by continuing to, you know, move some momentum forward with them, make him a force and I'm hoping they're getting ready to do a shakeup and he's probably going to get traded to Raw, which also makes sense. So I just, I was very happy to see that. And, you know, it may still end up just Strowman taking a loss to Dava down the line. But I think that they're really trying to make Strowman kind of be the star of the storyline. It's not about, you know, Dava. So. And in, in that match, they actually had Dava look. Uh, quite strong as well so you know they are building so in as much as i was almost quick to just be really upset about this i can dig it because you know unfortunately there's nothing to do with braun in terms of the title pictures so you know have him still at least pissed off going around wrecking shop and who knows? Um, I, I highly doubt they'll draw him back into the Fiend storyline. So maybe they will do what you said and come the next. He was branch. at his best though when he was just you know the, it wasn't about the title. It, you know when he got so much steam when he basically was just being the monster. You know just destroying people constantly. But what the mistake was is they put him in the title picture a lot and he lost. It's like if they would have kept him out of there and just let him do what he was doing. He would have stayed over, and then they probably could have pulled the you know trigger a year down the line. But because they kept, you know, putting him in that position, he would fail. It's kind of hard to believe he's a monster. Uh, and hopefully now they're you know they're building him back up to that kind of place. They also turned him heel and face. I, yeah. I didn't. I, I this is one of those where I and again, not to book it my way, but I sort of have. I don't get why they did this so soon. I don't get why Dabakato, Kato, you know, won, lost. I thought that, you know, that they seem to have Shane as this neutral character when he's, you know, he was behind Dabakato. Like, why not have do like have Daba cheat and, you know, Shane like get in his face like if Maybe they're I, waiting I think, for a match to do that though, right? Yeah, but still, like, ha, like, if, and again, if it's Raw Underground, like, if you're, you know, like, cheat like hell, like, have that, you know, <laughs> like, it, rule, rule one a Fight Club is there are no it, rules. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's the other problem. Then, like, so there's, there's a bunch of, like, this is a bunch of my pet peeves with WWE booking, which is that, like, they rushed a story. Can we make that a segment? <laughs> yes, yeah, Sam. Things that bother Sam, but it, no, I, I think no, your pet peeve. I love it. <laughs> but it's it's so they rush the storyline. They, you know, this new star that they're supposed to be building up loses. He and I get that you know losing. You know, they they could have had him win Screwy. Then so let's say Davik comes back and wins in a match. What you're telling me is 
Raw, like, what are you telling me? Is that Raw Underground is like it, it's this weird sort of loose world where you know, I guess if you want to do the Street Fighter versus Prize Fighter angle, but it, it's all you know, it's it's it feels like they didn't think through it enough and they don't have a good grasp of the rules of that world. You know, if, if you had this thing where uh. You dab a, you know, dab a one by hitting him with brass knuckles, for example, and you could have Shane, you know, be hyping up like, oh, he beat the monster of WWE. Okay, it's a great story, and then you want to see Strowman, you know, and he could duck Strowman and and that sort of thing. But it's they, it's so the rules are so loose and and ill defined that there's no real reason why Strowman couldn't just show up to Underground and, and attack Davis. So I, I get that, but but it is. I don't get, you know, you're, you're building this guy up and then you have him in a segment that's really kind of stupid. So. Yeah, I get <sighs> you there. My story from Raw was um, now Keith Lee is out of the title picture. Um, Randy Orton returned attacking Drew McIntyre during match with Keith Lee. Um, Randy will now um, come to Clash of Champions as the challenger. My question uh, with all of this is, um, is Keith Lee still going to be the person who is next in line for a championship? Or should they kind of hold back on pushing too much on him right now? Uh, so I think that they've, again, I actually, to, after just crapping on Raw, I, I want to give them some credit. I thought that they threaded the needle nicely with this storyline. Because um, he looked strong through it all, yeah, um, yeah. you know. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't. He, yeah, and so I don't know where you put him next. I think that he, you know, that that there's a good story down the line. I actually wouldn't mind if they want to do the raw, you know, that the raw title match for WrestleMania is Keith Lee. Is if they want to sit, put him elsewhere let him beast mode towards uh you can definitely the... say one in the rumble for sure yeah i mean maybe for a cup of coffee uh have him win the u.s title and maybe get some shine on that um i though Ooh, again going over Lashley, Ooh, yeah, yeah yeah the and i mean though <laughs> like vince as soon as i said it, i was like oh man I'm like i'm doing <laughs> yeah it's like but yeah like ha, you know let him hold the u.s title until you know ha, have him lose the u.s title at the rumble and then win the rumble something like that like i think that there's you know you he's made an impact but i think that he vince i think sees a lot in him i think he's going to be a star i think vince sees him as a star yeah, I, I agree with everything. I mean, Sam just said it, it's. I don't know where they go with them next, but I'm not worried about it because you know they just let them mix it up with McIntyre and Randy Orton for a month, and he he didn't come out looking weak. He came out looking strong. Uh, so it's going to be you know big things ahead for Keith Lee. AEW Dynamite. I'll go ahead and start with mine because it's one of the more frustrating things from the week of wrestling and, you know, with retribution and everything, there was some. I, I, I just cannot believe they had Orange Cassidy already lose a match, even though it is for the TV title, even though it is Brody Lee. And I know how, you know, strong he's being booked right now that he destroyed Cody. Like, you know, we get on WWE about, you know, 
not letting, you know, not helping or assisting guys be built to stars. They've got an Orange Cassidy guy who really shouldn't be over in any of the traditional senses, but he is. He's like fun. He's entertaining. He's, he's getting better in the ring. Like his matches to me continue to get a little bit better each time. And then just to have him lose right after you had him go over Jericho in a non-traditional way, you know, you, you couldn't even let that blow off and that big win be a, an actual pin. You know what I mean? It had to be kind of a gimmick match. And then just to have him, you know, get beat, uh, even though I know he, he put in a strong performance. And, and again, Brody Lee's a monster. I just, for the life of me, don't understand why you put Orange Cassidy in this position for no other reason than to pop a rating. And it's like, that's not what they need to be worried about. You know what I mean? They need to like continue to do the smart booking decisions that they've done that's put them in this position. But it just seems like lately they're making more and more 50-50 booking, which is something they did not do early where they you could always tell when they had direction with the guy and it was a straight lineup, either to a title match or a big feud. And it just, it, it bothers me. It really does. Yeah, and I I completely understand that, especially coming from the only other appearance we've seen out of Orange uh, since the Mimosa match was a well-timed spot during that fabulous um street fight or garage fight, whatever fight that was between best friends parking lot brawl and, right and or whatever yeah, yeah the parking lot brawl thank you um and it was a well-timed spot he came in saved the day walked off the hero just original. to get so just original. to get fed to Brody lee right now you're totally right I, I i don't understand it doesn't make sense um you know put it just let him go about his business. He settled his business with Jericho. Why don't we let him continue to build himself in the ring while still being able to run sloth style as he has been? Um, to put him in that title picture just to get uh, eventually ran over. Yes, like you said, he did put in a good performance, but you know, six on six on one and one of the six is Brody Lee, who is twice as size. I'm sorry. I didn't like it. I, I, that was one where I, I wondered it was so sort of nonsensical to me that I wondered if that they, you know, they've had issues with COVID and people testing positive. Um, Like I think, and I wonder if it was just like, uh, we need a mid card face who can eat a pin it's orange um i i think that and that that was my thought with it the uh i he's actually like that gimmick is so interesting and and yeah i mean it's so singular i wonder if there's you know if they put him in there like i i feel like there's something to him coming back and winning but but yeah i mean the only thing that made sense to me out of that decision was that like there was somebody else slotted in there and it was like oh uh, like oh no they they test positive we can't really do that sam you can go ahead and give your what was your thing from this actually mine ties into this one which is the mjf jericho feud and there's there's a long saying that i've heard uh, you know, people who actually wrestle say, which is that funny don't equal money. You know, Colt Cabana got really mad about that. Was the idea that funny doesn't equal money, and you know, Jericho has, has been funny for a long time, but that he and MJF are doing this comedy stuff, and I just wonder if 
you know, maybe they don't see the kind of money in orange and that, you know, other people see because it's a comedy gimmick. And I wonder, you know, I wondered if this sort of comedy thing was worthwhile for Jericho and MJF if it helps them. Like I get that there's they're sort of obnoxious heels, but at the same time it just felt a little bit like like why is MJF still like oh shouldn't they like I, I feel like they should ditch the comedy a little bit. I I'm but I also they're so good at it that I kind of want to but I also kind of want to discuss the is funny money. Can funny be money in wrestling? I think at so. a high level. I mean, you look at uh, The Rock and Solid. That was comedy. That was, I mean, you know, a big part of WWE for, I think, like six to nine months. And they're still trying to recreate the This Is Your Life to increasingly right. <laughs> increasingly diminishing returns. Not, I, don't, I don't think that's ever going to work again. I mean, so much of that, I always tell people, is just The Rock was such a star and just, I mean – so great. So, I mean, him and Foley both work is the way they played off each other, but I mean, that that's the one I think there's not a lot of examples, but I definitely think that this is interesting. I mean, if you're, you're telling me that these two guys, you know, I don't care if they're wrestling, I don't care if they're partners, you know, just if they're in the same faction, whatever. It, it just, with them in a storyline, I think A, it's going to be interesting and B, I think it's great for MJF because normally the people that you're involved with you know, in storylines and stuff, you travel with them, you spend more time with them, and hopefully this would, you know, be an opportunity for him to just be a sponge and soak up everything that is Chris Jericho that he can learn. That would be really awesome. Um, my storyline from AEW actually ties into the um, Orange Cassidy because um, after the match for the, GB, the um, TNT Championship, we had the return of Cody and Cody definitely came out with a different look. Uh, the, the blonde hair is gone, replaced with jet black. What's mostly. the guy from Green Day? That's what he looked like to me. Billy Joe. Yeah, he yeah. did look like Billy Joe. Yes. <laughs> and he went in there, immediately gave it to five and 10 of the dark order. Brody Lee disappears and then cuts a really scathing promo. And it's like, wait a minute. Could we be going towards a dog collar match? Because if we're going towards a dog collar match, hell yeah! I I think it gives it. it, it, Oh my god, my heart is starting to palpitate thinking of Valentine and Piper and the dog. The I I think that like Cody Rhodes loves nothing more than taking like and I I mean this as the highest compliment possible taking these like historical like southern wrestling stuff that dusty Rhodes was so good at and bringing them into the modern era in a way that is really cool and interesting i and god bless cody there's like he's he's one of my favorite things about pro wrestling was that i was never a huge fan of his in WWE. i, I thought he was really talented but i thought that he was a b-plus player um, that was just my take on him. I didn't love him. She quoting your daddy, Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that he was uh, quoting R.C. Carlton about myself. Um, <laughs> that I thought that he was okay at Ring of Honor, and he's just leveled up, and he's just been so good. And but I hate that neck tattoo. It is hard for me because, like, 
I, I'm with Brandy on that one. Like, oh, brother, like, what are you thinking? But yeah, I, I'm. If they do a dog collar match, I am. Pardon the joke. All in. I'm just a little worried about like, how do you book this? Are you gonna take the belt off Brody Lee and give it back to Cody, or are you gonna have Cody lose again? I guess what turn heel and he's you know planting the seeds with the the black hair, the darker look, because. I mean, honestly, if you do hot shot the belt back on to Cody, you know, definitely why are you having Brody Lee squash, you know, or, you know, beat Orange Cassidy squash Cody Rhodes, you know, previously. I just, I, I just don't know where it's going. That's the only thing that confuses me with Cody coming back and going after him when he still has the belt. I kind of assumed that their worlds would collide after Brody Lee was not champion anymore. No, I, I think, that it would make more sense to get in here and Brody just beats the absolute dog crap out of him and sends him full heel. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's the most logical. You have Brody beat the crap out of him. I mean, you can even have it be just a brutal match and that loss is the thing that causes Cody to snap yeah. and go, hell yeah. All right, NXT, and then we'll do the Clash of Champions preview. I will start off. Ciampa defeated Jake Atlas. It was a quick match. Um, I thought it still made Jake actually look pretty good. You know, just uh, Ciampa is such a great heel. Such he just He's a very entertaining wrestler. I just, again, what is next for him? Like, I, I, I'm a little confused. You know, he's came back. Obviously, he lost his opportunity to have the title shot, but – it just feels like right now, I assumed they were going to go to him, you know, and Finn at the next takeover. That's obviously not going to happen. I, I just don't know what are you going to do with Ciampa because if you don't have something to do with him, like put him in retribution. I mean, I know it's not right now, you know, the, the best thing in the world, but you know by just adding Ciampa, that's going to get at least another bigger percentage of the fan base to at least root for it to work. You know what I mean? Because they love him. Because, uh, you know, I know he said he wanted to be in NXT, but if he wants to be in NXT, make him a big deal because he is a big deal in NXT. But if you're not going to, you know, make him kind of a main eventer constantly, like call him up. You know, if he's going to not, you know, be going to be at the beginning of the show or, you know, the beginning of the pay-per-view, he needs to be on the, you know, the big boys doing that. And the funny thing about that is, is that here I was thinking about in my, retur in my retort to this, I was going to say, well, does that mean maybe we have him challenged for the North American title? But it's like that doesn't even make sense because all he cares about when it comes to championships is Goldie. So it, it does kind of um, make it a tough question as to what do they have for him unless he is going to be the next challenger for the championship, but which in – if I'm thinking long-term, not knowing how long Cross is out, we can't necessarily put the title back on him because when Cross comes back, Cross will likely do the same thing he did to him the first time around. So there's really um, no viable avenues right now. Yeah, and, and I think that he's kind of a victim of the depth of the WWE is – you know the okay so we put him on raw well the world title spoken for on raw the u.s title yeah, he could fit in there that'd be good you know but but the there's that picture 
but you have like there's so much they're so deep that I think that he has a higher level on SmackDown. I mean, I'm sorry, on NXT. Uh, Man, is I, Raw though really that deep? SmackDown, I get because there's two hours. It's the same people on Raw almost every week, and I mean they've kind of mixed them up a little bit. But I mean, did you really think you know you would be seeing this much of like Andrade and you know uh, Angel and you know I mean. It just to me, he could have a role. And again, with retribution, I just think it would be something to he doesn't have to immediately get in a title picture. He doesn't have to really immediately do anything. He's just part of this group. And I was hoping with that angle they were gonna take some of the best, you know, not even the best, but just both some of the most loved best and guys that have spent a lot of time in NXT to be retribution because it would kind of make sense. But anyways, I'm sorry. I, I completely sidetracked you there. No, I mean, and the, you know, as uh, Ronell said, you know, the, the North American title, like, I guess you could hotshot it off of Priest and have redo, you know, chapter, the next Gargano, Ciampa feud, tying back actually, Gianna, Ciampa and Gargano are guys who I was never hugely into in the Indies either, and I've liked them much more in the WWE, <laughs> um, but I don't really know, uh, and and I'll get into it when I get into mine from NXT, but I am surprised that he's not in the NXT title match. Ronna, what was your uh, NXT story? Mine was um, the surprising women's battle royal. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to see what's going on there. And with Candice LeRae actually coming out of that, it almost got me thinking, is this almost a viable time for the call-up of Io Shirai? I know we talked about this a couple of months ago, how the women's division is kind of thinned out in NXT. But honestly, Candice has put on a lot of really great work over this past year. And I'm almost thinking it's almost time that she's deservedly gets a shot at you know, running with the strap for a while. Oh, you know, I'm all for it. Uh, the last time we talked about uh, both her and Johnny, I was saying that I would book them both uh, very strong down there. That's one thing that I don't think NXT has really done is a true kind of like couple, you know, power trip storyline where they're both champions for an extended period of time. And I think they could pull it off. I was very excited for Candice. I, you know, the, I am too. I wish that she had... And and this is going to be a really backhanded compliment. I wish that she had a gimmick beyond Johnny Gargano's wife because I think she's really talented mm. in her own right. Um, she was no really slight- a badass in the Indies, right? I've seen like pictures and stuff of her like bloody, like worse than Becky Lynch after matches and stuff. Like I, yeah. I was shocked just seeing photos and stills of it. She's really talented. Like yeah, and, and she's incredibly talented. It's not. And it's not a knock on her. So no, much no, that's like, what I mean. It's like, why yeah, kind of let her, yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, and it, it's, I, the WWE is just starting to get better at that kind of thing where, like, every woman's feud is not based around you're jealous or, you know, I don't, you know, this cat. Like, <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. And I, I, I'm with you. I would like to see, you know, the, the one problem with that power. Yeah. It just, it, it feels a little adrift. I think that it's hard to do long-term booking right now. Like NXT feels as thin talent wise 
as it has in I would say since the beginning since like well not the beginning that's not fair but there was a period where like with Bo Dallas and Big E were like it it didn't it was not its own brand at first and then like once it became Triple H's E-Fed and he was just like signing he's like I'm gonna sign uh Prince Devitt and I'm gonna sign uh Kevin Steen and El Generico and I'm gonna make them all stars like <laughs> once it became that in like 2014 2015 like it's it's been a different horse of a different feather but it feels very lean right now um mine was I was kudos to them for shocking me I was shocked that Kyle O'Reilly is main event and not a knock O'Reilly's really good I think the match will slap but that felt like a COVID, you know, they've been apparently a bunch of COVID kit positive cases in NXT and the, you know, I, good for them for pushing O'Reilly, but he has been, you know, with undisputed era with red dragon, he's been almost entirely a tag wrestler. And so for him to be the champion, I, he was literally, I think one of the only ones that I was like, Oh, he's not going to win that gauntlet match. Uh, but I, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that he's not going to win that. Like, maybe I'll be wrong. I what's, the, what's the objective then? If, if that's you know, because I, I agree with you. Then what is what are they trying to do here by putting him in that? If let's say that it's not COVID related. Uh you know, initially, I, uh, I mean, I would think maybe to see how he does on his own. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I, looking at it, he makes, he's the biggest name at this point. Like he's, you know, the undisputed year is the most big time of the, you know, like all the other guys, uh, you know, Kushida is doing, you know, more cruiserweight, you know, mid-card stuff. Grimes, Reed and Thatcher, I think we're all, you know, sort of, mid card i wonder if you know i've long suggested that cole they turn face and do a uh bullet club or sets bullet club and i wonder if this is sort of the you know the impetus for that if there's something where adam cole comes out and costs him the match uh, if they want to use it to advance tournament, that's really the only thing that makes sense to me because even if it is covid related you know the wwe has often in the past few years been at its best when they've had to deviate from their original plans Worked well for Braun Strowman this past year. Yeah, I mean, the, it's most to me, it's the most entertaining. The um, you know, going back a few years, the one that I always think of is when Roman got popped for, I think it was amphetamines for this uh, wellness policy, and they took the title off of him, and it was really exciting, and it was really cool, and it was interesting. Yeah, well, I I don't know. Um... When it comes to the NXT title picture, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what um, Finn is going to do. Um, I, I really can't expand more than what you guys said. I think that you know when it, when it comes to this, it's just more of let's see what you can do on your own in a big setting. And you know the kid's pretty talented, so and he's got this he's got the size too. So you know I, I'm sure this is going to be a pretty damn damn good match and. He, he is a kind of guy that hopefully they can build for, you know, the long run. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm saying, it, it's not to be a hater because I, I actually am looking forward to this match. You know, I don't, I don't remember them fighting in a singles, uh, you know, match before is that it sort of feels like that they're just basically trying to shuffle their feet as much as they can until Karrion Cross comes back. And I, I don't think that, uh, you know, there's anything other than that that they're really trying to do right now because it, we've had some weird results and, you know, title matches, the fact that the, the fatal four-way turned into, you know, a, a, another week of two of them uh, going again, a, a separate match. It just, it seems like they're just kind of dragging this out, hoping that Cross can come back, you know, maybe by not this takeover, but the following. I actually thought that the, that they wanted to make the, the, uh, like they, they wanted to make those Tuesday NXTs feel special. So like they were like Super Tuesday and like really the easiest way to do it, like an Iron Man match and then a title man match are the two, you know, easiest. And I, 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 and I don't, again, easiest, not an insult. I think that if you're going to tell an interesting story and like you, you like that's go, don't keep it simple. It's not a bad thing. So we're going to finish up the podcast by talking about clash of champions. Um, every title will be on the line at this pay-per-view. Um, I'm actually kind of excited about this card. I'm not going to lie. Let's start with the SmackDown tag titles. We have Cesara and Shinsuke versus Lucha House Party. Um, two things we're going to answer on these. I want to know what your interest level is and why. And then also, oh, and then also give us who you think is going to win. Ron, I'll start with you. Um, unfortunately, my interest level, if it could be a negative number, it would be. Um, I, I've spoken about the Lucha House Party before, you know, talented dudes. But, you know, you look at them and unfortunately, it just doesn't seem to work for me uh, having them as champions. Because, you know, those aren't two dudes that you look at and it's like those are two imposing dudes that can really clear the house. And considering how badly they've um, treated Shinsuke and Cesaro, they better not let Shinsuke and Cesaro lose to these guys. Um, I mean, this match has pre-show written all over it. <laughs> I do believe it is not. Uh, I know the Oscar matches. Cause I saw the other uh, – I'll look it up right now. Go ahead, Sam. Uh, but the – so my interest in the match – is from a storyline standpoint is very low um i think that it will be low like i the one of the things he said that i agree with is that like i think it'll be a really good like entertaining match um i wish that cesaro like if you want to have somebody feud with mcintyre i wish they'd give cesaro a chance because just because like i think he and mcintyre would have a slap a match that slaps and I just the I strongest find it, dudes on the roster, like pound for pound for sure. Yeah, I mean, I really don't get, I don't get the thing with Cesaro. Like, I I find Cesaro to be like uh, Cesaro and Nakamura are really disappointing to me. Um, Cesaro because of sort of like the the circumstances around it. Nakamura has just never like seemed to like click in the wwe like i feel like he's never he's always been a guy that i'm like 
yeah, it's I fine. Think his style was, you know, made for, you know, Japan, and it's not really made for what is traditional, like WWE wrestling in two thousand, you know, fifteen, sixteen, whatever it was when he came over here. He, I, his takeover, I was so excited because his takeover match with Sami Zayn was so good, and he is so. Yeah, I'm giving Sammy more credit for that as you know time has gone on because it's probably still maybe his best match. No, that that's easily Cesaro's. I mean, it's easy Nakamura's best match. But yeah, I, I had sort of a. It was just like it bummed me out. I felt like he, you know, I I I it just it bums me out. I mean, I I I he seems happy. He loves to surf. Uh, but yeah, the, the Cesaro thing, like he's a guy who just he's so good. He's so so good. What is your uh, who do you got winning this match, and what is your interest level? Uh, I'll go to a two, and uh, oh, why not? Let's just say that Nakamura and and Cesaro retain. All right, uh, I, I my interest level second. is zero in this match, and I hate that because SmackDown actually has a lot of good tag teams on their roster, and it's that's the reason with confidence that Cesaro and Shinsuke are going to win this match because, I mean, we know it's only a matter of time before the New Day or the Usos are champions, and I just don't see them going over Lucha House Party. Uh, so the uh, next match we're going to talk about, the Raw women's title, and it is the kickoff match. Can you believe with that uh, trash SmackDown yeah. tag, tag title match, this is the kickoff what match. What are you doing to like, my girl, Oscar? Um, Oscar is taking on Selena Vega. I am actually very interested in this match. Um, I guess if we're going to do a scale of 1 to 10, it's like a 7 because I haven't really seen Selena wrestle very much. I love her character, though. I think she's amazing as a manager, a personality. Um, and I think Asuka's good enough to where if she can just go a little bit, she's going to look good because Asuka rarely has a bad match. And it's going to be Asuka, though. I mean, there's no doubt. Obviously, Asuka's going to retain. I mean, it, you want to talk about Ron Hell's head would literally explode uh, with the way he thinks WWE has mistreated Asuka this year if – after all that, she gets her belt back, and then she loses to Selena Vega on the first Clash of Champions. Not even a major pay-per-view, Clash of Champions. So for that alone, I'm going to say Asuka's going to win. Ronell, who do you got, and what's your uh, excitement level? You're very much right. My, I literally – it would literally become scanners, and <laughs> my head will explode from off of my shoulders. Um I actually, my interest level is the same as yours, about a six and a half, seven. Um, Zelina, before coming to uh, to the main roster, was really great in NXT. So I'm actually expecting her to put on a pretty decent showing. But yeah, there's no way in the world that um, Asuka actually loses this match. Um, I'm going to go with a five just because the result is so such a foregone conclusion. Uh, but my head wouldn't explode, but you would absolutely keep need somebody to fill in next week because Ronell's would have exploded and I would have had a stroke from rage. Um, I, right, I, and I would have gone blind just because it's such an awful thing to watch that I lose my eyesight. So there's the three things that would happen. Well, uh, well, Zelina with a, with a belt wouldn't be a, a, bad thing for your eyeballs i mean yeah, but <laughs> seeing oscar lose different. again dude but seeing like, her seeing oscar lose might no but i hear you the you know and, and 
in the immortal words of uh, champ, former bo- world boxing champion Clubber Lang, uh, <laughs> my prediction for this match is pain. <laughs> uh, I, I think that it, it, it should be a short match just because Asuka at this point, you know, it, it's, it's not quite Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet, but it's close. <laughs> I, 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 I agree. Um, the next match, we're going to go the U.S. title. Or no, actually, let's do the Raw tag titles first because my interest level here is a negative two. The Street Profits are fighting Andrade and Garza for the 4 millionth, 457,000th time. Um, I think there's zero trans, or chance, excuse me, Andrade and Garza win because if they do at this point with all the L's they've taken to them, what the hell is going on? So I've got the Street Profits winning, and I mean, I, I literally will probably will not watch this match. This will be when I flip on uh, the football game or something else and then flip back. Ronell, yeah. what's your interest level and who do you think is going to win? I, I am also uh, very low. I have zero interest in this. Um, there should be no way that um, – that Garza and Andrade win. I want to shout out Jason Gilmartin um, for the post of of the the Fatal 4-Way leading into that match. Having Seth walk out on this match uh, isn't a good look for your title picture, especially considering he was the biggest star in this whole thing. So it almost makes it seem like uh, this situation here was kind of a joke. So, yeah, um, the Street Profits better win if if when i fast forward or turn on monday night raw and see that something else actually happened uh i'd be quite upset um i'm gonna go with a one just because (laughs) it's i mean i i feel like uh, this was all these references like Pop culture because it's like I feel like Don Corleone watching the like looking at Sonny's body when I look at like like look what they did to my boy (laughs) (laughs) look how they massacred my boy Uh, but yeah I mean like the Street Profits were so I mean I think the Street Profits would really benefit from a crowd Um, but yeah I I mean it'll be fine like it it, that's the the very least it'll be a competent match which is I mean won't suck but. I, I, yeah, there's the only, so. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not the match that I'm saying is, you know, why I have like negative it's the, interest. It's just the fact that the storyline, I know the result. I mean, I've seen this literally a hundred times in the last three months. So let me just be a, yeah, it's Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston tag team exactly. style. <laughs> um, let me just though play contrarian here and say, I could see Andrade and Garza winning solely for the reason that they did the gimmick of having them drop Zelina. Oh. And they could have done, had Murphy and Rollins win and then done this at the pay Better without her kind of type story. Line. Yeah. And, and that the Murphy Rollins thing would have been, uh, you know, something you could have done at the pay per view. And, you know, I, I, I think that that, you know, if you're going to do that feud. So I, I, I thought that that made, that's the only reason. Seth on the pay-per-view too. Yeah, mm. that was my thought, is that you're going to do that match. And it makes a little more sense that way. So that's the only reason uh, I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. I get to that warm feeling of knowing that I'm right. 
Um, if it doesn't, it doesn't, and we're where we are now. And who you got one? I got uh, you know what? I'm gonna go crazy. Let's go Andrade and Angel Garza. Let's be. Because uh... <laughs> I'm tracking our picks this week. I'm telling you, I've been saying I was gonna do it. We're gonna start keeping up with this stuff. It'll be fine. Andrade and Angel Garza. I'm gonna get confident. It's, it's, here. it's an official. That's your final answer. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> so we're gonna go uh, the U.S. title: Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Cruz. And this is the power of a storyline because. This is also a match that I've seen a gazillion times. Uh, well, not a gazillion, actually, but they have gone a few times during this feud. Um, I just, I'm so excited that you're going to see the Hurt Business. I mean, that's basically, this is where the Hurt Business is going to be on this pay-per-view. They've done everything right with them. I wouldn't be surprised if Retribution gets involved in this match in some you know, shape or form. So because of that, I'm going to say my interest level is, you know, like again, six and a half, seven. And I think Bobby Lashley is going to retain because again, if they're going to continue to build retribution, it appears that they they're serious about making them a serious stable. They have to have some gold uh, in my opinion, just to, you know, show their dominance. Um, so I would go about six. I Again, I, I could this coin flip for me, and here's why. Uh, I could see them building towards a Survivor Series hurt business versus uh, hurt business versus, uh, or actually a trios match. Well, yeah, trios match at uh, Hell in a Cell between hurt business and retribution uh, with uh, Slappy Bag, uh, T Boz, <laughs> and uh, Hockey Mask. Um, <laughs> But I, I think the other thing that I could see, and, and that's why I could, I could see Cruz winning and taking the title here to let uh, uh, Lashley focus on retribution. I could also see it being a fuck finish where uh, Lashley wins by DQ because retribution interferes. That's my pick, likely, is Lashley wins because retribution interferes. Although I, I, I wouldn't be upset if... Um what you said about retribution costing him the title um because uh i still don't kind of want apollo cruz to get lost in the shuffle um you know considering all of this but then again you know we're past the time that he was the one and not cedric alexander that joined the group kind of yeah but uh, I think it's going to be i think it's going to pay dividends for cedric down the line though um i, I just for some reason uh, for some reason, I just don't see them taking the title off of Lashley. Although I wouldn't be upset uh, if Cruz gets it back. If if they put the title on Lashley or took the title off of Lashley, I'm fine with it. If they want to, cir- you know, t- to cycle, you know, t- to take pivot uh, Apollo out of that feud and put Apollo versus uh, somebody else for the U.S. title. And let you know, push him as the the U.S. champion. But it almost feels like this. I, I it feels like sort of an orphan storyline because it feels like it's the Hurt Business versus Retribution, and they were just like, "Oh crap! Like we we did this too late." <laughs> All right. So the next match is the women's tag titles. We have Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, the champs taking on the Riot Squad. I'm either going to be really disappointed and then, you know, 
I'll sound like a moron for saying I'm at like a seven or eight for this match, believe it or not, because I think this is going to be a big moment for the Riot Squad, and I hope I'm right. We've talked about how important it is to make a tag team, the cohesive unit, be better than, you know, necessarily two great single stars, which is what this is. Not to mention, I mean, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are just so, you know, dominating and just when they're on the screen, it just, you can tell they're the legit baddest women on Raw and WWE. And just for the Riot Squad to win the tag titles after they broke up, they realized they weren't, you know, as successful by themselves, put them back together. I've really enjoyed this run. I'm hoping they're going to win. They'll probably get squashed. And then, like I said, my assignment level is seven and eight. I'm going to sound like an idiot, but I think it's going to be a big moment for the Riot Squad and I'm picking them for the upset. Um, I'm, uh, I, the, there is no one in pro wrestling, no female wrestler, cause actually the, Randy Orton, where I like the person who performs and, and like the person who is the character and then how I feel about the character themselves. And Nia, it's just hard for me to get excited about Nia Jax. Um, I, I even think, losing? <laughs> uh, I, I don't think they're losing. I think that the... I, I think that the uh, the fee, the the bar spelled with you know the, the female bar B A R R E I have a hard time believing that they lose so soon. Um, I think that they I think that they I I'm picking uh, Naya and Baszler to retain. I think that that you know if they're gonna do a feud, I think that's one that you you maybe you save until WrestleMania or I just can't see the Riot Squad squad winning. I think that that's gonna be a squash match. Yeah, and as much as I'm actually I'm probably at a good seven myself actually for this because I am uh, actually emotionally invested in the Riot Squad return. Um, I'm hoping for a win, but quite honestly, it's, I think it's more of a fool's hope because um, you really can't see – I well, I really can't see uh, a legitimate way these two women um, take out either Shayna or Nia. Don't dash my dreams, guys. I, I don't mean <laughs> to. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm just saying what I see. <laughs> I, I, don't get me wrong. I would love to see Liv Morgan with. Just I just, I really do have a feeling they're going to get it. I think that they're set. They've set the storyline up to me. They, they've already, I think, had one really surprising win, right? Like two I weeks ago, so, didn't they get a, a pin over them? Oh yeah, uh, they they had. It was a two-on-one match, but I mean, in the tag, it could turn yes. into that. You know what I mean? So. That's the only way I see it happening is if they decide to they want to start that feud. But I just don't think um, I, I think that there's a lot of sort of regard for I think that they're high on, you know, I, I, I don't uh, I excuse me, I think they're high. I was like, no, actually, I don't think they're high on either team. But I think that there's that they like the look of Nia Jax and Baszler. And I just think that if you want to get them over as dominant, you kind of have to have them win unless you're going to have them feud. Well, that's fair. So the SmackDown's women's title, Bailey versus Nikki Cross. My excitement level is, again, around a seven or eight for this. I'm very excited about this match. And honestly, it's not just because I know these two women have already put on some really good matches. 
It's the fact that I think either Sasha Banks is getting involved in this match in some way or shape or form, or The Fiend and Alexa Bliss are going to get involved in this match in some way, shape, or form. Because, again, this is the only opportunity to get The Fiend or Alexa Bliss and that storyline onto the card. And you got to remember that we thought something was going to happen uh, at SummerSlam with, you know, that storyline, it didn't in that pay-per-view. It would be weird to have another pay-per-view and, again, have all of these moments happening, you know, just on weekly television. But I I keep going back and forth. You know, I said earlier, obviously, I was kind of thinking that Nikki Cross might get the win uh, because Sasha would interfere, win the title. Um, I almost now think that it's the exact opposite, and it's going to be Alexa Bliss or The Fiend calls Nikki Cross and uh, Bailey ends up retaining the title. I'm at about an eight for this. Um, my, uh, I, I'm, I'm very excited. The match is going to slap. Like, uh, you know, I think it's going to kick some ass. I, I just think Bailey's in a zone right now, and Nikki Cross is a good worker. Um, one thing that I, I, I and, and I think that I'm hoping that both Alexa and Sasha get involved. The one thing that I kind of wondered is if they do a storyline where like Alexa really drinks the Kool-Aid and Nikki's just like, you know, Alexa's her friend. So she goes along with it. Like, I think that, and that's what leads to the sort of a, a, something similar, not necessarily the same storyline as Daniel Bryan when he was with the Wyatt family where eventually, but like you have something where like Nikki's like, Oh, like this is a cult. Like you're trying to help her friend. Um, and then Alexa eventually turns on her and that's the, you know, she has to hurt, you know, Nikki has to hurt her to help her. Like Nikki's trying to get her out. But I, I think that I'm, I'm picking Bailey, but I'm really intrigued as much because of the storyline as the match. It's, you know, I think that they're, uh, they've done a good job of sort of weaving in multiple storylines with this. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'm right with you guys at about a seven, eight, um, probably most excited, this is probably the second most excited match that I am for on the card. Uh, it's definitely going to definitely be a banger. Um, and who knows which storyline they're going to incorporate. Um, I'm feeling Bailey uh, for mine, but quite honestly, it could go either way depending on how they're going to play it out. Absolutely. So there's three matches left. And I mean, this is what we were discussing at the beginning of the podcast. This is a really good pay-per-view. We've already talked about two or three matches that I think we're all, you know, pretty interested in. Most wrestling fans would be. And the next match we talked about before the podcast started is probably going to be the show stealer. Even though you have Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton for the WWE title, you have Reigns versus Uso for the Universal. The latter match with Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy, and AJ Styles is going to be incredible. We were talking about earlier, you know, I mean, Hardy is, you know, Mr. Ladder Match. Sami Zayn is, has been, you know, gone for a good bit. It's exciting to have him back. And then AJ Styles, in my opinion, is the second best wrestler in the world. So you have the recipe for a great match. I, I, I literally, I, I'm going to try not to do tens on uh, when we do these pay-per-view previews because I want that to be like I'm like losing my mind. But I will say it's like a nine and a half for this match because I just can't wait to see what these three guys do in the ring. Ronald, what's your uh, ranking or uh, rating of excitement? Who you got winning? Oh, and I'm sorry. I got uh, AJ Styles winning the belt. Ooh. 
Uh, I am in the same boat as you uh, for everything that you said. Um, I'm going to try to hold because I, too, was ready to pull a 10 out because this is the one I am definitely most excited for. But you're very much right about that. So, yeah, we'll go nine and a quarter, nine and a half. Um, this match is going to be the show, the, the match of the night. And I actually feel that they are going to double back down on pushing over Mr. Sami Zayn. I, I have a feeling Sami Zayn is going to recapture the Intercontinental title. I'll be okay with that. Um, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to do my, uh, my Meltzer before he wins off and go, I'm going to go 8.5, <laughs> uh, 8.5. You're going to have to have an impression <laughs> corner uh, segment. I'm going to start writing I'm not down. good at impressions. It's Are so you pretty good, dude. The Vince is good. That was good. We'll, we'll, get, um, we'll get it figured out. Um, the, I, I'm at an 8.5. Uh, I, I am, yeah, this match should absolutely slap. And I need to stop saying that word, but this match is going to absolutely own. Um, I think that there's just so much, like, in-ring talent. I think that there's a lot of story to tell with it. Uh I'm going Sami Zayn for the non-kayfabe reason of that they had said that you would that they weren't going to punish people if they decided to take time off during the pandemic, and I think that putting you know that was one of the knocks on the WWE was like oh he you know Sami Zayn left and so you took the w, the Intercontinental title off of him. Uh, I think that the having him come back and uh, and, and having him come back and win it is a good like hey like we're not gonna and i think that it's a good for storytelling purposes um i i am not hugely confident in sammy zane i actually could see and i but part of it is i think uh aj styles might be leaving smackdown in the next shakeup because of his uh beef with paul Heyman. so i'm but i'm i'm going aj i mean i'm sorry i'm going sammy zane i'm very excited for this match you could have a belt change, though, right? Where you know, yeah. he's IC champ, goes over, and the U.S. champ comes over to. That actually, that would make sense, and that and that would go back to maybe Apollo winning it. Is that they're going to switch him over? So we got two title matches left. I'm going to go because I'm more interested in the other one with the WWE title match versus Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. This is an ambulance match, correct? Correct. I got to say my level's at like a four or five and I hate to be that way, but I just don't really like ambulance matches in general. Um, I worry that this is going to be a way to take the belt off of Drew McIntyre without making him look weak uh, because they've mentioned Orton's total title reigns so many times. I just find it hard to believe he's not going to add one more to his column, uh, especially with the year he's had in 2020. Um, and I don't have a problem with that. I just, I don't like the ambulance match to me. It just, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. I just do a still cage match, you know, do a last man stand, whatever. I just, I can't stand this format. But anyway, I have, like I said, four or five. And my pick, I think, has got to be Randy Orton uh, to win the title. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, if it was anybody else, but, um, but Orton. Randy Orton, I would go for four or five, but I have to go to like a three <laughs> just because um, I actually disagree. I think that this is sort of the, 
maybe if this is the match bluff, maybe, you know, ne- next month I think is Hell in a Cell. I'm pretty sure next month is Hell in a Cell if I have it. If tradition dictates that that is Hell in a Cell. Uh, and that's where they do the blow off to this feud. Um, but I, I'm just skeptical that they, you know, because it, it's a, it, it's such a, like, I feel like it's definitive. It's like losing a last man standing match. Is that it with Drew's, you know, sort of, uh, you know, strong man gimmick. The only way I see it is if they immediately put the title back on him next month. But I'm I'm going Drew just because that's where my gut has it. My gut as well says Drew McIntyre. Um, my interest, unfortunately, is at about a three for myself. Um, uh, and, and it's a shame too because, quite honestly, I you know, like you said, Randy Orton's been putting on fantastic work this year. Um, the only thing I can see is is that just like you said, the, the whole jaw thing is what winds up being the um, thing that helps him get him into the ambulance or whatever. Do you have to, you actually have to strap him or actually, no, you don't have to strap him to a gurney. You just got to get him. Incapacitate them into it. And oh, you're right. They can't just throw him in there. Um, so the final match for me, it's an eight and a half. It's a universal title match. It's Reigns versus Uso. I hope they let him have a legitimate match. I really do. I hope they let Uso work face, Reigns work heel. And, I mean, it's, you know, basically, you know, a great showing by Uso, but at the end, Reigns is too much. But I'm also just as interested if they do some gimmicky stuff, whether it be Uso ends up joining Roman Reigns, whether it, you know, be the other Uso brother uh, shows up and attacks, you know, (laughs) Jay Uso. There's so many things that they could do that – I'm just so excited about Roman Reigns' storyline right now, seeing this heel run from really just get going, uh, that I'm just ready to see what the next stage in this, you know, storyline is. Roman Reigns retains. Ron L., how interested are you in this match, and who you got winning? I'm I'm pretty into it. I mean, unfortunately, there's no way Roman Reigns loses, but the fact is is that we know Jey Uso can actually, you know, go in the ring. Um with their relationship, uh, I'd imagine they work well together, so they should turn this into a pretty decent 25-minute match or so. Um, the fact that there's so many open stories that they can turn into this thing is what actually has me buzzed about it, especially considering that we already know what the outcome could be. Though, sneakily enough, I mean, you know, Jimmy could come back and... Um, help Jay win, which is unlikely, but just the fact that there's so much out there, we have heel Roman Reigns. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a good thing for, for WWE right now. I'm at a seven. Um, my Such a it, tough judge. <laughs> I, I am going to be the Simon of us. Um, the, yeah, I'm at a seven. Uh, I think that, but that's also at this point just sort of anything with Roman, you know, because the the ending is such a foregone conclusion. I but I'm just so excited for Roman. Um, I so there and there's a couple of caveats because of predictions and possibilities. I would could see this being booked like a a Brock Lesnar match, where and the choice is do they just want to have him boat race uh, Uso 
or do they want to do like the Braun, the Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan type match where, um, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Really? Where like, where it starts out, where like Roman just like, you know, really, uh, you know, dogs him out on the pun and, uh, and, uh, the and then the, after he, out. yeah and he like, does like a disrespectful <laughs> cover and then you do like the hope spot and you're sort of like oh like maybe but no but i also think like having him squash just sort of be like no this is my house this is my show um it be his lesnar Cena match yeah i also kind of wonder uh i it, i think that if they gave you know i, I think daniel bryan has been off for about two months now. I think his his paternity leave could be coming up, so I would mm. be pretty jazzed about him coming back. Uh, I would be oh, jazzed wow. about yeah. Face right. Brian versus Hill Reigns would be yeah. That, they're going to say that for a crowd though, right? You have to. Have to. I, you know, the question is, when are they going to have crowds again? Is that you? I would take stuff. the gamble though. With, you know what I'm saying? With Brian, like I just I would wait. I mean, you look at I, I went back and watched the WrestleMania. Sorry, not to get sidetracked. Just real quickly, no, that WrestleMania two years ago, where he was uh, uh, was it uh, it was Shane McMahon and OKO, or what? It was him and Shane McMahon versus KO and Sami Zayn. Was that what it was? Yeah. The the crowd went nuts for him, and that was not even you know, like the biggest card on the pay-per-view. So his last three WrestleMania match, or excuse me, last four, if you don't count, you know, the, obviously the Hill one versus Kofi, though, the IC title match, you have, you know, 60,000 people, uh, you know, chanting yes. Obviously, WrestleMania 30, the entire Dome is, you know, chanting yes. And then this last WrestleMania, or his first one back, is the same deal. To me, if there's any chance there could be a WrestleMania next year, or even if it is 2022, and it's the first one that you have, Having like a Daniel Bryan face, Roman Reigns heel, like main event for Mania, I think would be such a big win for WWE, the fans that are coming back, et cetera, et cetera. Sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack you there, though. I just no, I hope they don't rush that. I have Roman Reigns uh, winning, but I, I could see Jimmy Uso coming back during the uh, – I, I, that's the other thing that wouldn't shock me is Jimmy Uso comes back during the, the – I don't know how bad his injury is and how long he's supposed to be out. Um, time has lost all meaning in this pandemic world. <laughs> um, so I don't know if he's going, but I could see Jimmy Uso coming back after the match to set up a Jimmy Uso versus Roman next month, where you sort of do the storyline like, hey man, like I, you know, you, you know, your brother couldn't beat me. Can you beat me? And sort of tease dissension with the Usos and. Which is a logical storytelling point. So I'm excited for the match. Again, I think it should be good. I think that the Usos are both are very talented. And I think Roman is severely underrated. Um, so I, I'm that's the the match. One I'm more really question, into. then we're out of here. What match would you have main event this card, Rano? <laughs> well, if I had it my way, it would be an Intercontinental Title match. But unfortunately, that makes zero sense because you don't have the mid card title take you home. So. I almost think you, I almost think you have sure. to actually have to have to go uh, Orton and Drew, because at least that's the one where the the ending isn't as um, predetermined as uh, the other title match. Uh, I'm going uh, Reigns 
Uso because I think SmackDown's the A show at this point. And I think you go home with the A show. Um, mm. And Reigns is the biggest star. Uh, not a knock on Drew or Orton, but I think that you that's the match you go with. SmackDown's I, a bigger show now. I mean, it, it's on Fox. SmackDown true. is the bigger show. Like, it, it just is. It, it's the better two million show, too. Viewers, two million it's two viewers. hours that helps a lot. Oh, I really believe that. Two million yeah. viewers for the last month definitely says it's the best show on television right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, I do not have time for us to do our normal plugs, guys, because I have another podcast to do right now. But I always enjoy this. I always talk, I love talking wrestling. The one thing I do want to plug at the end is please do join the Team Turnbuckle podcast group. We have both a Facebook group and we also have a Twitter page. It is Team Turnbuckle. Uh, but we will be back. You guys available early next week? Can we do a class jam or do we need to wait to Thursday? Uh, I should probably at the very least can do Monday, maybe Tuesday night. Well, either That's- Monday or Tuesday night, we're doing a uh, recap. Is that cool with you guys? Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I really appreciate it. And for Keith. My man, Sam, my man, Ron L. This has been another episode of the Teen Turnbuckle Podcast. Peace.